0: Live from New York it's a special Thursday edition of Ask an engineer. hey
1: everybody and welcome to ask an engineer. Uh, as always it's me Lady Ada, the engineer uh, with me is mr. Lady Ada I'm camera control um, and Emperor of the universe. We're here at uh, the Adafruit yes you are we here at the shh, our secret. We're here at the Adafruit headquarters in downtown Manhattan where we do all our testing kitting shipping manufacturing, coding, videoing, guiding, and more. Um, so much happens here. Uh, it's a, a, a beehive activity during the week, but right now it's resting. And uh, that's why we're here without masks on and we're doing the show.
0: Yeah. of have an exciting show tonight. A little bit of catch up. Uh, we went we'll to an, an event you, yeah, yesterday and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that and more.
1: Why and we didn't uh, do it yesterday. Did yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. tell you.
0: And we have uh, a bunch of fun stuff tonight.
1: Let's get right to it. On tonight's
0: show, the code is strain. We'll make it clear why it's strained. It's not strained in a bad way. It's strained in a good way. Yeah. We'll talk about our 8 for Live series of shows, including we did a little special edition of Chip Shortage on Sunday. Show and Tell was yesterday with JP. Thank you so much. Time travel around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. We'll do from the mailbag. We have some advanced manufacturing made in New York city. City. <laughs> You know, there's a city winery thing. Um, it's a They're restaurant good. around New York, and that's why I said, I, I, the words combined in my head to form a new word. Speaking of, we're gonna do some 3D printing. We have a couple cool projects from Nora and Pedro. We have Ion MPI this week is Nordic. We got some new products. We're gonna answer your questions. Come over to Discord, adafruit.it slash discord. Join all 34,000 of us.
1: It's friendly, it's fun.
0: Yep, all that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay, um, first up, just pay some bills, and we do have an exciting new update. First off, the code is strained, 10% off a native store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And we are pleased to announce we have a new freebie. So we were doing stemmas, but now we are doing Keeb 2040.
1: Yes, we finally made enough of these. We wanted to get a lot of pink PCBs so we could keep these going what for a bit. Get? Um, we change out the freebies uh, the ninety nine dollar is the same uh, perma-proto half-size breadboard it's small it's uh... handy it's uh... easy to uh, use to take your uh, solderless breadboard projects and make them solderful Um but we've updated the one forty nine discount for a, almost a year i think we had the stem QT boards as freebies you'd get a different sensor with each order um, this one still has stem QT but now it's a full development board The KB2040 is, um, it's designed for keyboards, but it's basically Pro Micro compatible. It features the RP2040, it has eight megabytes of flash, USB-C, onboard LED, and STEMIQT connector, uh, lots of GPIO and power pins, and of course, it's a beautiful pink color. Um, And then $199 or more, you get uh, free UPS ground shipping in the content to the United States.
0: Don't forget, uh, for raspberry Pis and other things, including teensies now, you need to have a verified account, two-factor authenticated on adafruit.com and you can purchase things that are limit one. And uh, we review all the orders and I know there is, you know, that one guy who doesn't like it because he was selling them on eBay for 300 bucks each and I'm sorry that this uh, messes up your eBay business However, um, if you look at all the folks who are getting Raspberry Pis, who uh, just need one, and uh, this is happening every week, multiple times a week, and hundreds of people are getting the Raspberry Pis where they can't really get them yeah. anywhere else, so.
1: Let, let, me, let, me, let me break it down for you. Yeah,
0: so, um, so that's, If yeah. you
1: have never gotten a Raspberry Pi from us, you we're gonna try to get you one, because I know a lot of people are like, I can't do my project, I just need one pie. If you have a project where you need 10 pies, you're probably not going to be able to get them from Adafruit because we're really wanting to make sure that everyone gets one at least. And then, you know, once we feel like the, the quantity of people who needed just one pie is able to get them, um, we might relax the restrictions a little bit, but a lot of people still can't get the single pie that they need for their 3D printer or their project or for school. And we yeah. really want to focus on that. So it's important. Don't just buy any raspberry pie you want. Yeah. Wait for the one that you really and, need and grab and, that and, one.
0: And also, I know this is like the worst.
1: Don't, wor- don't harm Yeah,
0: I know some folks this is the worst thing and they're declaring war on us because we're like, hey, you, you know, you, you, you've been trying, you've been buying multiple pies and you've been selling them on eBay. Um, we don't take it personal, so I hope you don't either. We're just trying to get as many pies to as many people as we can. And
1: so far it's worked out really well. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, we do a live series shows every single week. This week, we did Show & Tell on Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We do Show & Tell every single week. So if you want, join us this upcoming Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. We put the link in Discord. You can join Show & Share your projects. On Sunday, we did a special edition of... Jessica, lady, I say special edition is because we had um, three parts this week.
1: Triple. Yeah. Triple the content. Okay, first off, we had we had gone to... The, the day before Saturday, we went uh, with Friends of the Fruit... Um, to the new jersey gem crystal fossil show and we got some awesome rocks and we showed them off yeah. and people chatted about their favorite rocks um i also showed off it's a really cool uh, fast forward animation yeah. of um a, a mini vna um uh antenna testing you know rf testing uh, jig that i got before covid and like, i was digging through my stuff and found it because i, I wanted to be able to test uh my antennas and I have to I, you know i've been trying to get a couple hours so I can uh, really test my ESP32 boards um, and tune the antennas to even better. Yeah. Uh, so that was the desk part. Yeah,
0: and then we did um, the great search. And it's usually part two. We're going to skip around in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was the great search this week?
1: Um, this week's great search was we had a kit maker who contacted us uh, for an exciting new kit that we're hoping to carry. And uh, they wanted some advice. On a low-cost hand solderable 8 ohm, two-inch diameter round speaker, and uh, so we just showed how we whittled down the th- like 3,000 different speaker options at DigiKey um, to get a good speaker. Um, you know, that said, well, one thing I mentioned in the video, uh, which I will again, is um, you know within your budget, get one of each speaker and just put like just listen to it because it's it's you know they're going to be consistent from speaker to speaker, but different models will sound different. And it's hard to know how the, you know, sound uh, transfer function is going to affect the audio clips or the, uh, you know, the audio effects that you have in your project. So, I definitely recommend. You know, we did pick one that I thought was a good one, but I always recommend getting a couple different ones. Yeah. Um, potentiometer knobs and speakers uh, and button caps. I always recommend getting a couple options. And
0: we're not doing chip shortage tonight because we did it on Sunday. So I'm going to play the song because everyone keeps asking for the song. It's so I'm a great. To, song. I'm going to play the song and then we're going to talk about which chip shortage we did. So you what love was it. the chip shortage this week?
1: This week was NXP. Um, we ordered over a year ago some MMA 8451 accelerometer chips because we have a lot of back orders. People want these. They still use this chip. It's end of line. And normally, you know, you place your end of line uh, last time by, and we did that, and it's kind of been, like, over a year, and we're like, hey, can we, like, get these chips uh, so we can just finish out, you know, the last... Uh, manufacturing one, um, so NXP, please, please, please allocate these to us. We'd like to uh, move on to other better, greater accelerometers that you stock, but um, we still need some of these older ones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the chip shortage this week.
0: Yeah, and we'll have uh, more next week. And, you know, there's some uh, ups and downs with what's going on in the world uh, in general, but also uh, with the chip shortage. So, uh, you know, one of the things we tell our team is there's going to be waves, so learn to surf, practice the art of surfing, catch those waves, find good people to surf with, build better boards, build different boards. Um, the analogy be seems Be flexible. To, yeah, be flexible, um, you know, be like water, flow into the container, because um, there is going to be some rough seas ahead and there's gonna be some times where um, you're just sitting around waiting for that, that wind to pick up. So we'll see, um, but-
1: Oh, can I say, interject a little thing real fast here? Speaking of NXP, um, Teensy 4.1s are also now limited one yeah, per
0: no, customer.
2: Yeah, that.
1: Oh, I yeah.
0: In addition to Raspberry Pi. In yeah. addition. And that's the future. Uh, if you want to see what the future is, check out Adafruit.com because whatever is cutting-edge electronics, we have it, we make it, we stock it. But then for the things that won't be in for a while, um, these things tend to go in high demand very fast, like Raspberry Pis and then also Teensys. So we're going to continue to do everything we can to make it as fair as possible. Not going to please everyone, but you'll please like 99% of people. Okay, GP's product pick of the week. This is the show we do every single week. Um, GP does a broadcast from the product page live, and you don't have to put in a discount code or anything. Here's this week's product pick highlight.
3: It is the CutiePie ESP32S2. It's a Wi-Fi dev board. It has 13 GPIO pins on it. It has native USB. It's a 240 megahertz single-core Tensilica processor. It has 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi on there. And something I wanted to demo today is using this with Whippersnapper. So what I have is my Cutie Pie, and I've plugged into it a couple of different uh, outboard sensor boards. You don't even need to code it in a traditional sense. What you can do is go here to this page. I can click on new component. And these are the components that have been uh, already created as a sort of almost a plug and play or drag and drop. So we can pick any of these sensors here and now you've Adafruit IO whippersnappered your Cutie Pie to give you all the info you need. So now my temperature is at 28 centigrade and 124. It is the ESP32 S2 Cutie Pie Wi-Fi dev board with Stemma Qt built in.
0: And John Park's workshop was today, right before our show here tonight, because we moved our show one day. And JP does Circuit Python Parsec every single week. Here is the latest.
3: Look at that light show, huh? For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I wanted to show a very simple way to do disco party lights using CircuitPython, in this case on a cutie pie. So I have a little cutie pie m0 there, and I've also plugged in a NeoPixel strip for a sort of bonus. Uh, this was a Todd Bot tip and trick, actually from his Cutie Pie tips page, which we can put a link in the chat. So what I'm doing in code, all I have are a few libraries I'm importing, including time that allows me to do a little delay. I've imported the board library, which gives me pin definitions, makes it easy to talk to some of the pins on this board. I have imported NeoPixel, which I'm gonna use to light up these RGB LEDs. And I'm importing a random integer, randint from the random library. And then I'm setting up two NeoPixel objects. One's called Pixel, and that is the NeoPixel that's built right on the board. So we address that by saying NeoPixel.neoPixel, board.neoPixel. That's a lot of NeoPixels. I have one, so that's the one there, one NeoPixel on the board, and I've set the brightness to 0.2. The second one is actually this strip of eight NeoPixels, and I have that plugged into the board's uh, STEMA QT connector. So I'm using the serial clock SCL. Uh, And then I have eight pixels on that one. And I've set that a little dimmer since there are so many LEDs there. Brightness is 0.1. Then in order to make this kind of cool disco show, what I've got going on are two instances of pixel fill. One for the pixel, one for pixel strip. And every time we loop through, I set a different random integer for the red and the blue component, leaving green at zero. So that means I'm going to get anything from red to blue to all the uh, magentas and pinks and so so forth in between, purples. Uh, Then we pause for 0.2 seconds and repeat it again. So we get this really cool little disco light show here that I really like. It's really simple to use and uh, I hope you like it too. That is how you can set up a disco light show on your cutie pie using CircuitPython. That is your CircuitPython Parsec.
0: Okay, on Fridays, you can join Tim Fummy Guy, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, where you can learn about all the innards of CircuitPython, do a deep dive, Scott's back, you might make some guest appearances soon too as he uh, spins back up with probably kiddo in hand. Time travel. Look around the world makers, hackers, artists and engineers. Um, this week, the usual reminder, ate a Boxel ship. We're still waiting for parts to come in. We thought there'd be a winter edition, and now it's turning into a spring edition. We put a new bit of text on our website, and the reason we did that is um, we wanted something that was just even more clear. Um, we'll keep adding to it. Here's what we say. AdaBox subscriptions are currently closed. Please sign up below to be notified when a subscription opens up again. Our team is hard at work planning, sourcing, manufacturing the parts for the upcoming AdaBox display. shortages continue to create some delays, and we are doing the best we can to ship out AdaBox 21 as soon as possible. Please keep your eyes on the countdown. Your subscription is not charged until the AdaBox has shipped, so you don't have to worry about that. So um, we're going to do AdaBox. We are just got to do what everyone else does, which is patiently wait for the remainder of all the things we need to come in. So, next up, you're probably wondering why are we doing this show tonight? Well, we went to an event yesterday called Women Who Hardware, and this was at Brooklyn Navy Yard, New Lab, and a couple other groups that were there. Um, If you haven't been to Brooklyn Navy Yard, it is this gigantic manufacturing space with all sorts of things, Um, lots of different buildings, and uh, this was folks pitching, bringing the community together, um, founders, folks who want to start companies. Um, you can see Lady 8 over there. Um, special thanks to all the folks who put this together and invited us out. It was Wednesday, and we're like, oh, we really want to go, and we really want to meet It was like seven,
1: some... 7 o'clock, yeah. 8 o'clock. Yeah, and we
0: said, well, we can move the show because they don't do this meeting that often, and we do our show every week. Um, and then we snuck around and just took pictures. Um, we found some ferries, and then we took a ferry back. That was kind of nice. And uh, we wanted to see how long it would take from Manhattan to the Brooklyn Navy Yard. There's also the Stranger Things uh, experience, uh, which happens to be located in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, too. Okay, it's time for mailbag, and don't forget we have a mailbag song now. All right, letters. We got your letters. Here is this week's mailbag. I just want to say thank you for the awesome products. And design, you are putting together and offering. I learned so much with Adafruit, and it made electronics fun. I am a mechanical engineer and wasn't at into EE until I discovered your projects and all the good stuff so many years ago. Thank you, and long live Adafruit. That's nice. Thank you. All right, it's Python on hardware time. All right, so we'll have there's going to be a song for each section. That's why you got to keep watching the show. Okay, I know
1: something to look forward to. Yeah,
0: so this week's newsletter. It is Jam pack. Not going to spend a lot of time on it because we have two big chunky bits of news. Um, so first up, CircuitPython seven three zero release candidate zero is released. Please try it out. Please try to break it, and please let us know if you do.
4: Big
1: updates: RP twenty forty PIO, lots of stuff that Jeppler did. Uh, he's on break and he'll be back. But before he left, he added floppy floppy IO and did uh, background support for PIO. We also merged in MicroPython 1.18. Um, and we did, um, there's a couple other little things here and there, uh, and then MDNS, which is part of Scott's uh, project over the next few months to work on uh, Wi-Fi workflow, which will be yeah. very interesting.
0: Um, so you can check out the Raspberry Pi Pico learning path that's on the Pi site. We have the Picon US 2022 highlights Um, some news from the Python software foundation running Python in the browser and there is just a bunch of stuff in the world of Python and hardware from individual projects to events to all the things that's going on across anything that can run Python check that out but the big news is a follow-up from last week so last week we talked about MicroPython needing monthly support on GitHub sponsors and I was a little disappointed that we tried to do a fundraiser to help them out like last year and it was still basically the same number of people. There was 84 people, and it, it was uh, pegged right before it got to the 5K. They're just looking for $5,000 a month so they can pay developers. We asked
1: you to contribute. And
0: you showed up, um, 116. So it went from 84 to 116. Yes. And I want to give a special shout out and thanks to Fred over at PyCon. Thank you so much, Fred. You uh, were one of the folks that put them over the edge, uh, over the top. Over the top. Um, and um, it was really nice, PyCon uses MicroPython, and um, this is the way, uh, this is uh, Fred and Bettina. And I just wanted to say thank you because there's a lot of companies that use MicroPython and I've contacted a bunch of them and, you know, crickets, um, but y'all, y- you said, hey, this is great. Um, and now there's a way for organizations to contribute. And so the only bad news with this is, I was talking to Damien, the founder of MicroPython, he's like, oh, once you hit the goal, it doesn't say how much. Um, is there, and you can't tell where you need to reach it. So they set a new goal of $10,000 a month. So they're halfway there, of course, because they got to the 5K mark. And um, if you want to join, great. Um, we're going to continue to help out MicroPython in all the ways that we can. And um, if you enjoy using any form of Python on hardware, this is, you know, the the base that we all build our s- stuff off of. So um, there's a lot of cool companies. Uh, PyCon's one, is one, Adafruit's one. That is putting the, um, the our money where our mouth is. We all say we like open source, but even if it's just, you know, even if you're a company and times are a little tight, you could do 50 bucks a month. You can. You just can. Um, so please. Think about all the free do.
1: development time that you get from having MicroPython, which is so well supported for so many different boards, um, works so well. I know a lot of companies and makers are basing their products off of MicroPython or CircuitPython. Speaking of. We don't take donations, but MicroPython yeah. does.
0: Um, speaking of, and, uh, like you were saying, there's so many boards. So
1: many boards.
0: We just hit 300 compatible CircuitPython boards. And just to be, you know, horn tooting, not about Adafruit, just about what this community did. Thank you, everybody. There is 300 and more than half are not from Adafruit. So when you look at all the boards, even the popular, many of the popular most ones. The most
1: popular one, Pico. Yeah. And so... I think it's... Seed we know shall.
0: Yeah, so I think this is...
1: Teen C4-1. This
0: is an indicator of when you build a good community, it's okay if there's other people playing together. And that's the whole point. Um, you know, this is like the skateboard ramp, and we all have our different boards, literally. And I think that's one of the things that uh, MicroPython, CircuitPython, we're very aligned, and I think that's why, you know, you see merges and you see collaborations, you see all that. But if you want to help support... All of this, you could buy a board from us. You can, when MicroPython has boards again, there's chip shortage, buy some boards from them. Um, we resell their boards. You could buy a board from us, and we're buying boards from them. Or you can do the thing that would help them out the most, which is sponsor MicroPython. Bam. You know, even if if you're an individual, 10 bucks a month, no big deal. Um, and uh, you know, once again, I want to thank everyone who did that, and um, thank you, MicroPython, for building something that we could uh, base Micro CircuitPython off of. And now there's 300 boards and like I said, more than half aren't even from Adafruit. Love it. And that is Python on hardware. Don't forget you can sign up at adafruitdaily.com. We don't spam, we don't harvest your email. This is a completely separate site and we deliver this every single week to your inbox via a pink snake.
1: Snakes as a service.
0: Yeah, SaaS. Okay, we are an open source hardware company. To prove it, We have 2,675 guides, Lady Ada. What's on the big board this week?
1: A lot of new guides and a lot of updates Um, from Noah and Pedro. They did a cool 3D printed accessory pack um, for Apple AirPod Max headphones. Um, You can make little side bits and top bits and then they made ones with Lego dots. You could like, you know, add custom uh, Lego designs. Um, Liz also uh, released a guide for the CP2104 and CP2102N. Friend, we didn't have a guide because there's not a lot going on, but we're like, hey, people want pinouts and schematics. Uh, so um, we wanted to get back to that. We made a quick guide uh, for people who want to use those boards. Um,
0: yeah, and then um, we're gonna show the harp video and the LED markets video. Yeah, yeah.
1: Get yeah. That. Um, Katni updated the Welcome to CircuitPython guide with a great page about different ways to um, add libraries to your CircuitPython board. Uh, You can use .mpy files, you can use .py files, you can freeze libraries in, and each one of these has different implications for Flash and RAM usage. Um, So do check that out because she goes through detailed step-by-step, what all the different types are, when you would want to use each one, and how you can tell um, if you have a module frozen in. Um, For the matrix portal M4, I think Melissa updated some documentation for that board. Thank you, Melissa. Um, there's a new project from Liz wireless LED maracas. Um, you know, we saw the, you know, once we started stocking, um, the wireless LEDs, uh, you know, we thought, wouldn't it be fun if we made, um, little maracas with them that glowed and, you know, the, 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 the seed beads or, uh, whatever, you know, um, noise-making elements in the maracas would be these, uh, wireless LEDs. And so they would look really cool at night. And, um, I'll show a video and then Melissa wrote up a guide uh, for the 2.7 inch e-ink displays. We've separated out all the different sizes of e-inks into their own guides because we had one big e-ink guide, which is a little bit confusing because there's so many different chipsets and options. Uh, so we wanted to like separate it so people could easily um, tell, you know, what chipset they should be, like of two or three choices rather than like, you know, 20 choices for each e-ink display. And then um, with the laser heart video, Liz also did an update. Um, to the laser harp to add a mode that takes advantage of the different heights because it's a time of flight sensor. So not only do you detect you know, that the LED that the laser is broken because you put your hand in front of it but you can tell how far it is and so you can do like a kind of half theremin, half harp effect.
0: Okay, and uh, we're gonna play those videos in a second. I want to uh, just mention something. So at Adafruit we do hug reports or not, we don't like physically hug, we just call them hug reports instead of bug reports. And um, I just want to say, hug report to Trevor Flowers, who said, oh, I didn't realize MicroPython accepts donations via GitHub. I just did that now. Done and thank done. Thank you,
1: thank you. Thank you so much. Even so, a couple dollars helps and, them out. And so
0: you know, this is the thing that we can do as a community, is show if you put your stuff out there, take that risk. Put your you know this beautiful thing that's in your head, this code, and say, here you go, everybody. Do pretty much anything you want with it. Just like credit me once in a while. Um,
1: I'll tell you another thing. It's very, very, very rare to see firmware projects that are cross-platform the way MicroPython is. You know, usually if you're getting like a USB stack or like, um, you know, a Wi-Fi example. It's usually developed by the... It's developed by the company. And they have a license and they say you can't use it for anything else and it's very restrictive. That's right. It's amazing that MicroPython has worked so hard to support such a wide range of microcontrollers um, from ST to NRF to... ESP to Atmel yeah. to. This is like Linux. Everything, it, everything. It,
0: and it does have the same potential together, like right once, run anywhere for mm. microcontrollers. Um, we're getting really close with uh, CircuitPython, MicroPython. So, anyways, thank you, uh, Trevor. Very much appreciated. And, uh, you know, spread the word. Um, if uh, folks are out there building a business on these things, uh, a lot of it is just intent and signaling, hey, you're. Valuable you're important and here's a place where I can show it even if it's just like a few bucks a month. It's okay Um, It it is the thought that counts and a lot of these things begets other things when other people see it they're like, oh, you know, I should I always say I'm gonna do it and uh, You know one last thing if um, you're not feeling great about yourself, you know, what makes you feel good Giving donating your time a little bit of money volunteering helping someone else trust me. It works. Okay Um, so I want to play two videos. The LED maracas thing, Liz did a really cool video, and then the harp video is, is one minute long, but it's worth it. It's, it's actually one of our like long-term, we have to make this project one day. I've
2: always wanted to have an LED and, harp, and so Liz,
0: Liz did an amazing, did an
2: amazing job. job. So here we go. Wireless LEDs look magical, but what do they sound like? You can build some maracas using wireless LEDs. The LEDs are pulling double duty here since they're providing the sound and visual aspects of the project. The coil sits vertically in the maraca, so the LEDs are always lit up. The coil plugs into a AAA battery pack, making this simple to power and assemble. Clear plastic bobbles let you see the LEDs perfectly at all times. The bobble sits in a cardboard tube wrapped in washi tape. Technically it could be any kind of tape, but using brightly colored washi tape makes these maracas even more fun. Find everything you need to build your own in the LEARN guide at learn.adafruit.com. A laser harp is an electronic instrument that lets you pluck laser beams like a harp to play notes. In this version, we're using a feather board with the Music Maker Featherwing. It can use MIDI input to output synth instrument voices. You can also use this as a USB MIDI controller by updating the code. And speaking of, the code is written in Python and can be fully customized for your musical needs. The key components of this build are the time of flight sensors. We're using them to detect and measure distance. This data is used to play notes and send other MIDI messages such as CC messages, program changes, and even pitch bend. The lasers don't really have any practical purpose here. Their only job is really to make the project look super cool, which they definitely achieve. Since the Music Maker Featherwing has a headphone jack output, it can integrate easily into a tabletop synth setup. Just add in a fog machine for maximum vibes. To learn how you can build your own laser harp, check out the Learn Guide at learn.adafruit.com.
0: And it's time for advanced manufacturing made in New York City factory footage here at Adafruit. not be made in New York City unless there was a time lapse of the Disney building being built across the street from Adafruit.
1: This is fun. From the windows.
0: They're filling it with oil. No, that's just a shadow. Sorry. <laughs> I thought they were filling the whole building with oil. My mistake.
1: That's, that's, this is the strategic baby oil yeah. <laughs> reserve of America. Yeah.
0: All right. 3D printing time. Okay, every single week, Noah and Pedro print up amazing things. This week, uh, we're going to show these back to back. The first one is these uh, Apple AirPod Max covers. So, um, if you look around, so any city, especially in New York, you just see people walking around with headphones, all different types of headphones. But the we're thing we talk
1: about wireless headphones we are. And for the INMPI. Ooh, it's headphone headphones.
0: And I. one of the things that um, back in the day, when I worked in in advertising, um, one of our clients was Timex and they talked about wrist real estate. And this is when we had worked on this internet messenger watch. It was like one of the very early internet connected things sort of, it was basically a pager. But when they would talk to people, there's there's valuable real estate. There's necklaces, there's bracelets, there's watches, there's rings, there's shoes, there's shirts, there's all sorts of stuff. But if you think about headbands um, or, headphones they're not where like say if you look at the apple watch every single part you can get a different
1: cover and
0: band you can get a a cover you can change all the faces Mm -hmm. and you know we're so lucky we finally get like three different colors of uh you know headphones now um there are some cool funky headphones but they don't have like you know interchangeable shells and you can't there's no e-ink thing on the side or displays or neopixels or or, oh, what if you want cat ears one day and you want, like, a unicorn thing the next day? So
1: what if you want to be a cat unicorn?
0: What if you want to be a cat unicorn? Oh, boy. A caticorn. Um, mm.
1: You're doing good with the um, word, word combinations today. Yeah. You're on it. Right.
0: My hemispheres are uh, multiple multiple connections today. So um, we thought this would be just the start of some neat things. And then we thought, you know, if we're just going to do it, why don't we make the side of headphones Legos? Or at least uh, Lego brick compatible things. Building brick compatible. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to get a... Oh,
1: yeah. I hear the yeah. Lego By cops. the way, <laughs> listen, you know what?
0: Actually, you know what? By the way, um, we don't like to dunk and we don't want to shame anyone. And I tried to keep this as positive as I could, but Lego uses a bunch of MicroPython and they're Lego. And I said, hey, Lego, like you, you do a lot of cool things with MicroPython. Would you consider um, donating to MicroPython crickets? And my um, emailed the emails that I could find, but they bounced. Um, so I don't know. If anyone's at Lego, um, you know, your Spark stuff that you use, the, the bot and everything. Yeah, they use a lot of MicroPython. You could consider donating just a little bit. like maybe Even so like
1: one Lego kit one, amount.
0: One Please, Mr. Swooge, one brick. Okay, so anyways, I'm going to play these videos back to back. But uh, Lego, you should do the right thing. Hey, what's up, folks?
4: In this project, we're 3D printing accessories for the Apple AirPods Max headphones. We designed a 3D printed ear covers that snap fit onto the headphones. These can help protect them from getting scuffed up and can be printed in your favorite colors. They're two pieces that are printed separately and then glued together. They feature Lego compatible studs so you can build fun designs to personalize your headphones. We also 3D printed headband covers that can help protect the knitted mesh in the canopy. They're printed in flexible filament and work nicely with Lego dots for making mosaics and intricate patterns. They just press fit into the canopy and can be easily removed. We think it's a great way to personalize your headphones. We used NinjaFlex Cheetah Filament to make the flexible headbands. This flexible filament offers some features over regular NinjaFlex like the ability to print faster and better quality parts. Since it's soft and flexible, you can make fun headbands like cat ears, monster horns, a unicorn horn, and some mouse ears. We hope this inspires you to 3D print some fun accessories for your favorite pair of headphones. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
0: Uh, we're gonna do the code. Uh, Lon makes in the chat had a good suggestion big corporations um, donate once per fiscal year so it's a good idea to poke them once in a while we will so good idea oh
1: we won't stop we don't we don't well, stop we, we just want to
0: you know the world can be a really good place we just got to mm-hmm. get together um, strains of code 10% off the native for star all the way up to 11 p.m. let's do I on MPI. okay
3: Hi on MPI.
0: This week's Eye MPI is Nordic, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Lady Ada, what is this week's Ion MPI? I'm
1: wearing my Nordic shirt. Uh, it's very comfortable, and I like the, I yeah. like the style. So um, I even wear it sometimes when I don't have Nordic on Ion MPI. Uh, but this week we do. Um, I love to feature uh, Nordic chipsets, and I saw this new dev kit show up on... Um, And one of the things I like to do is combine not only NPI, but why I picked it for the NPI, and hopefully you learned some stuff. Uh, So this week's um, INPI is the uh, Nordic NRF5340 Audio Dev Kit, uh, which is kind of like this super beefed up NRF5340 Um, development kit which is of course audio based but like hint hint it's also a really good dev kit in general Uh, and at the end we'll show a video that goes through um, with one of their engineers through like every feature of this dev board but it's a very it's a very classy looking dev board and if you have the PPK and you like that metal glowing plastic section thing they got um, this is uh, this has the same thing okay so to start off with you know, when we talk about Bluetooth audio, um, a lot of people uh, think, you know, if you think about the, you know, 90s and early 2000s, um, the basic, you know, the, the, the killer app for Bluetooth classic was these uh, Bluetooth headsets. Um, you know, they combine a microphone and um, a, head, a headset, uh, I'm sorry, an earphone. Um, you could pair it with your phone very easily by pressing a button, um, and uh, you could use it uh, hands-free. It would be great if you're working while you're on the phone, you want to listen to music or um, you want to chat. Um, more advanced ones eventually added, you know, buttons, user interfaces, and even audio commands. Um, they're also, uh, cl- Bluetooth Classic Audio is still used all the time with um, Bluetooth speakers. you uh, even stocks a Bluetooth speaker. I, I just was like, hey, I wonder if you can get one. Uh, yeah, Klein Tools uh, makes one. It looks pretty rugged and cool. Um, and, um, yeah, this is very common and low cost. And, again, you can pair it with any computer, any Mobile device, any tablet, pretty much anything that does Bluetooth audio is going to do Bluetooth uh, classic audio, and and we've been you know living with it for like 20 plus years, um, or maybe even 25 plus years, uh, very happily. Um, but you know one thing I've noticed is you know we've moved from Bluetooth classic to BLE for a lot of devices, like a lot of the gadgets that you have that use Bluetooth. If it's not a keyboard or audio, it's using BLE, and that's because um, Apple had this restriction on if you wanted to, you know, pair your device with an Apple iOS um, device for Bluetooth. Um, if it was Bluetooth Classic, you had to go through the made for um, iPod, sorry, iOS or you know, Bluetooth uh, certification because everyone was using the SPP protocol. Um, and so it got very complicated to add Bluetooth Classic devices, but BLE, you know, you really don't need any permission at all. any app can connect to a custom uh, BLE profile. But again, uh, Bluetooth audio and Bluetooth keyboards have been lagging. Still, all, most devices that are Bluetooth audio um, are still classic. And um, classic audio has has one thing, has a couple things about it that at the time of the design made a lot of sense but are a little restrictive now. One is that classic audio is uh, single stream, it's point to point. You have a thing that sends the audio and you have a thing that receives the audio. And um, in Bluetooth audio, this is called the source and the sync. This is an example. You can have, um, you know, a phone that is acts as a source. It has audio and it plays into your headset. And then, of course, you can also turn the microphone into a stream, and then the device is a sync. And you can basically only do one or the other. You can't, you can't do both. Sorry, you can do both, but you can't have um, multiple devices. And um, here's, you know, the the process in which you, you know, in Bluetooth Classic, um, this is the uh, A2DP uh, protocol specification, which is what a lot of audio devices and Bluetooth classic use and how it kind of negotiates like the codec and the rate and all that good stuff and sets up the communication between the sync and the source. Um, the other choice that was made is the codec. So the codec, um, the default codec for Bluetooth audio is called SBC for subband codec. Um, it has a pretty good rate of reduction. It goes from 1.5 megabits per second to, you know, a little bit like maybe a quarter of that 350 kilobits per second um, you know at the time when this was invented there was uh, limited memory and limited computation you know, people had to fit the capabilities of encoding and decoding um the audio onto the small microcontrollers that would fit into a hand uh a wireless headset or into the mobile device and so it wasn't like you could do really advanced codecs compared to what we can do now um which did create the proliferate, also the quality was, you know, some people would say, hey, the quality wasn't as good as it could be um, because, again, they were limited. It's like they had a fixed bandwidth on the input and the outputs. So they had kind of the loss was defined by how much computation you could do to, to squish down the required 1.5 megabits down to 350 kilobits per second to, to get over the link reliably. Um, so in the years since, there's been you know the proliferation of other codecs. Um, you know, aptx was one of them, and is another one of them. And um, not too surprising, as folks who do codec stuff are uh, will learn, is that they're all very heavily patent and licensed, and you have to pay you know high licensing fees to use these codecs. So it's like if you want to update or upgrade from sbc to aptx, you have to pay uh, qualcomm a buck a piece and you know a ten thousand dollar um, you know, starter fee. Um, so, uh, you know, Nordic and, uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth.org have, have a pretty good discussion of like, hey, you know, Bluetooth classic is really popular, but, you know, there's a couple things that that those two things, the fact that it's point to point sync and source and the fact that the codec is, is, you know, the, the default codec is, is not really designed for like 2020 levels of, um, low power computation, you know, um, the kind of processors that we now consider low-cost enough to stick into a headset uh, we would be considered as powerful as a desktop computer back then. And, um, you know, again, the, the it was really hard to pull people away from Bluetooth Classic. It was cheap. Um, it's easily available. It's, you know, very compatible. Everybody knows about it. Until um, the killer app came for what would be Bluetooth low-energy audio, which is AirPods. And AirPods, and it's interesting, said AirPods don't use... Um, the Bluetooth Low-Energy Audio, they actually use their own proprietary protocol. And the reason they need to do this is they have a special problem, which this is LE Audio, but the the idea is the same here, which is if if you look at all Bluetooth Classic headsets, there's always like, there's a wireless connection, but there's only one wireless codec, and then the two speakers are connected to each other with a wire. Because if you have, like, one sink, you can't, sorry, if you have one source, you can't have two sinks. Um, I mean, you could, but then they wouldn't be synchronized. Whereas with AirPods and, like, wireless earbuds, you really need the left and right to be, like, perfectly in sync. And that's really, really hard for Bluetooth Classic to do. So for, like, the AirPods, Apple, of course, came up with their own protocol and their own chip and everything because, you know, they're Apple and they can afford to do that. But if you want to create something that is basically a multi-stream connection so you can have two speakers that are independently powered, both getting the same synchronized audio stream, Um, BLE audio is where it's at. Um, Another thing you can do is broadcast, uh, which could be really useful for like, if you think of like audio tours or like, um, you know, if you're uh, listening to translations of something um, in a group and you can set like your headset to to just pick up the translation, basically what you would normally use, FM radio or um, like CB radio, you would be able to use uh, bluetooth low energy um, of course also these are used for um, hearing aids as well and there's um, there's use cases for that too because again now you can have uh, you know, two hearing aids and they can be synchronized um, the other thing is the codec has been greatly improved um, it's higher quality and uh, the data rate is lower which means lower power um, you know the processors that are available for available now that will use BLE, of course, are more powerful so you, they can do much more computation and still hit that I2S, you know, uh, time-based synchronous um, audio stream and, and get the data out, so that's that's also really important. So there's a new, better codec as well. Um, okay, so you want to, you're like, okay, I'm interested, I want to move from Bluetooth Classic to Bluetooth Low Energy Audio, uh, and this is where the NRF sorry, so 5340 audio dev kit comes in um so each dev kit what's neat is they're independent but you can use them as part of like um a broadcast or synchronized setup so um you just get as many as you need to kind of simulate the project you need so if you're doing like broadcast you'll have one source and then you'll have multiple um of these adks as your end devices so you can you have a very controlled uh simulation of you know a um A movie studio, um, sorry, movie theater where everybody has their own headsets, for example. And um, you know, this dev kit is uh, jam-packed. It's got the NRF5340 in it. It's a a dual-core ARM Cortex device, and um, it's got like these Arduino headers, buttons, and uh, uh, codec chip, and um, headphone in and line in and line out, headphone driver, um, and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I'm. Um, I have to do one thing before we go on to the next slide. Okay. So, it, this one was so jam packed, Ladyita.
1: No, I, I know. To... Well, I need a break because this is like this is a pretty long IMPI.
0: Yeah. So we're still here.
1: <sighs> okay. So yeah, each each dev board, um, you you program it independently yeah. can act as you know one earbud or the other. Um, okay, so this is like a map of the whole thing. I'll say that there's, we're going to play a video which goes through like all of the different options, but yeah. um, I'll say this is also kind of a nice dev kit for the NRF 5340, even if you're not doing audio. Um, there's like the battery monitor and power management and buttons. Um, there's SD card slot. Um, there's Arduino-ish headers. There's power monitoring uh, where you can like, you know, easily um, plug in your... Uh, PPK or something if you want to monitor the power, or you can even monitor it through um, I think an oscilloscope or a multimeter, and there's RGB LEDs as well. Um, And the nr 5340 is really good for this because it's got a dual core processor. So you have one that just handles um, like the LE audio controller or like the codec and stuff, and then the other one can handle um, your application or um, you know, user interface or whatever else you need to, you know, the, the LEDs, the buttons or whatever. And uh, so it's it's good. This is, you know, a handy, um, a handy time to have a dual core processor. And you can still take advantage of, like, the low power modes that Nordic is really good at. I mean, like, one thing that, you know, if you want to do low power Bluetooth, you're not going to get anything lower than, than Nordic. Um, so even though it's a dual core, you'll still be able to cut your power usage quite a bit, which is why many companies some of which start with a um, use Nordic chipsets in their devices. Um, and finally, there's a, a big tutorial that comes with it with software examples. Um, the two big examples are, of course, the connected isochronous stream, where you have two separate syncs, whatever are called syncs, but they synchronize with each other so that they're within a couple microseconds uh, apart, which is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, so they, they get data and they also kind of communicate with each other a little bit. And then the broadcast where there's one sender and then people can kind of join in to the, to the stream whenever they want uh, to listen in. Not necessarily synchronized, but they're all receiving the same data at once.
0: Available on Digikey and you can actually get them.
1: Yes, there's a lot in stock. Um, so again, you know, the reason it's good that there's a lot in stock is because you'll probably want at least two, if not three, uh, in order to prototype your project, especially if you're, you know, I want to demo the broadcast example. Um, but the code looks really easy to use. It's all, um, you know, Python installation. You just use a command line, and the Nordic uh, SDK is, is really well established. And so, like, you know, you get the demo running. You can go in and, and customize the user interface, LEDs, how you want, and then take that and turn it into your final product.
0: All right, we're going to play this video, and that'll be I on MPI for this week.
5: This here is the star of the show, our nf 5340 dual-core Bluetooth SOC. It supports Bluetooth LE, NFC and many other wireless protocols. What I'd like to highlight for Bluetooth LE Audio is the Audio PLL and the dual-core setup. This enables the SOC's great LE Audio performance. The Audio PLL supports an adjustable frequency with 3.3 ppm resolution in two frequency bands. It has very low jitter and is ideal for audio applications. The dual-core setup enables us to run the application and codec on the application core and handle communication on the network core. This is the Cirrus Logic CS47L63, a high-performance, low-power audio DSP for earbud headphones. It is optimized for direct connection to the headphone load. The power management and battery charging are handled by our NPN1100 power management IC. It is a super-small, highly efficient Pmic for charging batteries and power delivery. Its power conversion efficiency goes up to 92 percent, with a footprint of only 27 square millimeters. This includes all the passive components. You can even get as small as 23 square millimeters for size-constrained applications. At the side of the board, we have two 3.5 millimeter jacks to get your sound in and out of the audio decay. One jack is to be used as a headphone connector and the other one for line-in. Making testing your application as easy as possible. If we look to the right of the board, we have buttons for play-pause, volume-up, volume-down and two user-programmable ones. In addition to that, we include four user-programmable LEDs on the board. The top LED is an RGB LED that can be freely configured. For power measurement, we have current measurement pins located here. The different pins enable you to measure the part of the board that you are interested in. Here we have the SWF port for RF measurements. If we now look at the back side of the board, we see the battery connector. Here you can connect the battery that is included with this kit. This is a USB-C connector and can be used for powering the board or programming and debugging. We have included a digital microphone that is located right here. This is an SD card holder if you need extra memory. And here we have RGB LEDs to light up the logo at the middle of the board and the colors of your choice. Hi
2: on MPI.
0: OK, um, we're going to do the code. It's straying. And now we're going to kick it off. It's new product time.
1: new, 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 new. Good. New, boy. All
0: right, yeah. new products. This is an update.
1: Yes. Okay, people have been waiting. The RG Boy is back in stock. This is actually a, a video of the previous version. The RG
0: Boy's are back in town. The
1: boy's back town. Wait, right? RG Boy. Uh, we yeah. now have the RG Boy FX, um, which has a fancy new silk screen. It says FX, and it comes with a built-in chip uh, that has loader code on it. So there's a lot of games already on it, and you can select which game you like. Um, otherwise, it's the same hardware and setup. You program it just like an original Ardu boy. Um So we did get a shipment of like 100 in, and I think we sold a bunch. Um, if we have them in stock, it's I don't know when we're going to be able to get some more. Um, these, I think, are probably affected strongly by the chip shortage. Oh, yeah. It took a really long time to get them, so um, which is totally sweet. Um, but do pick these up. These are a very fun development platform for writing games. Um, and the industrial design is, of course, lovely. Next up. Next up. Now this looks just like a normal breadboard, but what you don't know is that this is a premium breadboard. Yeah, um, yeah. so you know I use bread, these solderless breadboards all the time, and you know as I was using them, I was like, you know, I bet we can get better ones. And um, so I looked around, and I worked. It actually took me months of working with different breadboard factories uh, to make a solderless breadboard um, that is buttery smooth, as Philby would say. Um, so one of the things is, I, I took this apart to show, is um, the clips are not flat. They're actually, um, hold on, let me zoom in because this is, this is the secret sauce. I'm, I'm giving away all my secret sauce, Phil. Um, so if you look here, you see how there's like this little bit of a notch at the end? Um, this notch makes it easy to insert but gives it a good grippy effect. Um, and so what happens is uh, when you have something like a feather or maybe you have a teen C4-1, something with a lot of pins and um, you line it up. And normally it's like a little bit of a struggle to get the board into the breadboard, but this is like buttery smooth. Can, can you just, can you just say yes? Here, you try it. That's Tell great. me how buttery it is. Just try pressing that in. Did uh, that just go in like smoothly? Like-
0: just Easily, little, yeah, it is like a, nothing fighting you. It is like a, a a hot a hot knife through butter. It's like
1: a hot PCB through yeah, breadboard. That's, uh,
0: and
1: weird. they're easy to remove as well. It's like the you don't opposite
0: get... of a fidget spinner. It's like I feel calmer doing this. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That's okay. Nice. Um, and it's also easy to remove boards. So maybe that's I'll show right. it from the side, so you get that you yeah. get that action. It also
0: makes the sound. It goes ah. Yeah. ah
1: really nice. Uh, so the first board, and also I, I like black rather than blue for the yeah. negative marking. I'm just like that a little bit. Um, and I want to also try to get these with a, with a brighter white color. But for now, they're still the kind of classic cream color. Wow. Um, but these are very, very satisfying breadboards. I'm going to say
0: this. If you have something that you use every day, like a toothbrush, spend a couple bucks on it. If you have something every day that you're, you're going to use, like a belt, spend a couple bucks on it. If you're going to have something that you want to last, spend a couple bucks on it. If you're going to use a breadboard, I think this is one of the ones that... Be choosy because it's your hobby time. Also,
1: then, comes with a metal plate. forgot to mention that. Oh, okay. Because so some people like that, you know, you, you peel off the bottom. Here, I'll, I'll bring this back out yeah. a little bit.
0: It's kind of like if you, if you start cooking and stuff like that, you should probably get, like, you know, a decent cutting knife.
1: Um, the metal plate uh, can... First off, you don't have to worry about it sticking to your... Uh, Um, desk because you've got this metal plate protecting it Um, but also it can it can reduce EMI a little bit because you have this nice metal nice metal backing so um, and here's the deal it's the same price it's just better now yeah it's just all around better Uh, and I do want to get the rest of the breadboards um, changed over as well but right now this is the only one that we've got so just uh, just be aware that if it says premium and I use (laughs) the phrase buttery smooth you yeah. know that and you know premium. what
0: for folks out there that that like their hobby and do the pepsi challenge um put one on your desk and uh try it out and then compare it to the, the the other ones you have you know some people might like a different uh feel to their breadboard some people might really like this
1: if you find a better one yeah let us know for the same price let me know yeah, because know. these i think are the best you can get for a couple bucks um Next premium step Next up, okay, we've got another update. So I know I just released this board and it's like, hey, how could you possibly be revising it so quickly? Yeah, it's. I don't know if you know about this chip shortage. It's a chip shortage. I've
0: heard the song, um, it just won a billboard award. Right.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just gonna look at this image because this is kind of has everything we need. So, oh, no, go, go back.
0: Go back one? Yeah, stay here, okay. stop. I'm gonna stay here.
1: Um, so the chip in the middle, so the chip on the right is the ESP 32 Pico module, which is a wonderful module that forms this feather uh, ESP32v2, and we love it. The chip in the middle is the USB serial converter, which is the um, CP2102N originally. Uh, however, our shipment of CP2102Ns uh, is not on our way to us quite yet. Um, hopefully, we'll be soon. However, we wanted to make sure that we could keep this board in stock, and so um, we decided to um, adjust this design. And uh, you know, because it's a new design, so maybe people aren't as uh, Wetted to the uh, CP2102N on it. Um, and now it now comes with a CH9102, which is a similar to um, the CH3400, uh, sorry, uh, 340 or 341, which you've probably seen on a lot of dev boards. This is just one that is like the same pinout as this um, CP2102. Um, otherwise, the board is exactly the same. We have links to the drivers, and we also have a guide coming out on how to install drivers on Mac and Windows. Um, it functions the same, the low power usage is the same, the, um, the draw is the same, uh, the speed of upload is the same. It actually seems a little bit faster. Uh, everything is the same. Um, I think this is a really good candidate as a replacement and it allows us to keep this board in stock.
0: Okay, okay. let me get a couple other pictures. The rest, of the
1: rest of the images are the same because uh, the only thing that changed is that chip. Pick it up. Okay, next up we have a new thing. This is a little bit kind of a weird uh, device, but I thought it would be cool to stock. So this is a, it's designed for, um, as a controller for heater modules in like a vest or a jacket. Um, It's a, uh, you know, slow PWM duty cycle, um, uh, power on off switch type thing. Uh, It comes with a couple different modes. Um, It's actually easiest for me to shoot on the overhead, because it's, um, hold on, let me turn it off, and then I'll start from the beginning. Uh, So, okay, let me move this breadboard, which is not a premium breadboard, out of the way. Okay, so this is like a rubbery, what's nice about this is kind of like a weatherproof rubbery button, um, and you connect the black and red wires to uh, your power supply, which can be, I think, between 3 and 24 volts, or 3 and 12 volts, Uh, check the product page. You press once uh, to um, set it to be red. And, hold on, oops, this wire got disconnected. And then you connect the output uh, ground to the blue wire and uh, power to the red wire. Um, And here's like a fan to demonstrate it because a fan is kind of nice, it's a nice visual way to see it. Um, when the light is red, it's 100% on. And then when you press it again and it goes to blue, it goes to 30% off, 70% on. So it's like a 70% duty cycle. And you'll see the duty cycle isn't like a fast duty cycle. It's actually maybe two seconds um, on and off. So this would not be good for like an LED unless you're okay with it blinking. Um, It's good for heaters, maybe fans, peltiers, other kind of slow... Um, heating or cooling devices or, or powering devices. Um, and then uh, green is um, 30% duty cycle, so 30% on, uh, 70% off. And again the duty cycle is you know a couple seconds long. Um, so it's designed for these heater vests, but you know it's, I thought it was kind of nice, you know, weatherproof enclosure. It's inexpensive. Even if you just use the on or off functionality. Oops, I reset it. Even if you just use the on or off functionality Um, I think it's still possibly useful for some project, and I like that you can sew uh, the outer edge here. There's like a little bit of a lip. Um, You can sew it to um, make a wearable project. So you can cycle through, and then when you're done, you press and hold to turn it off.
0: Okay, and the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our staff, our customers, our community, and everyone who makes all these good things go, There you
1: go. Okay, we've got the, finally, after many years, the NAU7802 uh, strain gauge um, ADC. It's a Wheatstone Bridge ADC. um, Very precise um, differential input uh, that's designed for strain gauges, but you could probably use it for other sensors as well. Uh, This was a product that we actually started designing right uh, before COVID, and then COVID hit, we kind of got busy designing ventilators and face shields. Uh, and we went, went back to the design. The chip was unavailable, but we did get a shipment, finally, of these chips. And so I wanted to get this QT board out um, because we sell strain gauges. Uh, you'll want to read them. And uh, this is a great i squared C um, strain gauge reader. Uh, it comes with uh, the Nouveau-Ton NAU7802. This is a 24-bit ADC. Um, we only expose one of the ADC lines because most people are using this with a strain gauge that, you know, you only need one ADC. Um, e minus and E plus are the two um, exciter sides of the Wheatstone bridge. So left, you know, E minus is ground. E plus connects to um, the voltage output from the NAU. It can generate a voltage between like 2.0 and 4.3 volts. Uh, reason for that is I think it, you know you can get a nice clean vo- voltage reference. Uh, there's standard UT ports, so you can just plug it into your microcontroller or board or microcomputer. Uh, We've got Arduino code, which I've got on the demo that I'll show, uh, that Jelly also showed very kindly. And uh, there's also from um, Cedar Grove a great CircuitPython slash Python library that you could use with uh, a CircuitPython board or um, like a Raspberry Pi or something. So let me show you how it works. Um, So you connect uh, the four points of the uh, Wheatstone bridge, strain gauge in this case, uh, to... Um, the sensor, I actually have the exciter um, and ADC pins backwards, but it's okay because the Wheatstone bridge is actually symmetric, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then I have some Arduino code working on this feather that I just have plugged in. And um, you'll see I have the gain up really high, so you'll see like even, even me touching this makes the number kind of uh, go up and down because I'm, I'm applying a little bit of strain, just picking it up. If I, if I set it down, it'll kind of stabilize a lot more. Um, And then of course you can add more filtering on top. Uh, But then if I apply strain, you can see I'm so strong. Um, And then the other way it makes a negative number because it's a differential um, reader. So, you know, of course you can measure if, you know, positive or negative um, change in current through uh, the resistive bridge that is attached to this uh, chunk of metal. This is a one kilogram uh, strain gauge. I haven't actually tried it with other Wheatstone bridges, but there's absolutely no reason it wouldn't work with others. So if you have other projects that need a 24 bit ADC and you're okay with, you know, it's not gonna go that fast. I'm running this at about 10 Hertz um, to get good um, precision out of it. But I think it goes up to about 300. I think you probably use a couple bits, lose a few bits of resolution at 300. Um, that's the trade off. It's an inexpensive board um, that's designed for slow measurements of of weight. And there you go. So product. new, new products. New, 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 new,
0: new, new, new. Okay, don't forget the code is Strain. You can use it for anything in stock. Ten percent off in the store, all the way up to eleven fifty-nine p.m. And you support us—a one hundred percent woman-owned, independent, open-source hardware company manufacturing in New York City. I heard we women who hardware. I don't
1: know
0: who You're women who hardware.
1: I am the woman who hardware. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna do some questions. Um, ask your questions adafruit.it slash Discord or Discord.gg forward slash Adafruit. Um, this is what it is. Uh, there were some questions earlier. Um, do you think you'll do uh, some half size breadboards of the uh, yeah, super, super I'm, butter? Yeah,
1: I'm just waiting for them to come in. The first ones that arrived, um, you know, it's it's really tough to get stuff in. The first ones that arrived are the half size breadboards, um, but I'm hoping in the next week or two we'll have sorry the full size the half sized uh, teeny and other. Um, I hope we'll be able to come in soon as well. But this is the first one.
0: Do try okay. it out. Okay. Um, there was a couple of questions that I had up from the other chats when, earlier when I got started. Um, does the Bluefruit Connect LE app work with our the Arduino Uno?
1: Um, you you could use it with our Bluefruit friend. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. You're not going to have a lot of memory, um, but using our UART or SPI friend, you could probably do some very basic projects.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you think about obtaining a degree in EE? Well, you did.
1: Well, I did. Um, if you want to be able to understand some of the theory and math behind some more advanced uh, electrical engineering concepts, um, go for it.
0: Okay. What are some of the uses for the strain gauges?
1: Um, strain gauges tend to be used for, you know, measuring weight. Um, that's, that's the most common thing. So, you know, the one kilogram one is, is designed to handle up to one kilogram of, of would force. Would you put something
0: on top of it? Would you hang something off of it? How would you Yeah, you
1: would attach, you know, basically you attach one side to something stable and then you let the other side have yeah. the weight Here, show
0: that on the overhead.
1: press on it. So there's these mounting so it, holes. So it would hang
0: off the side?
1: Yeah, so what you do is this this side, you know, you mount it to the table or something in a strong way mm. and um, this side would be the part that, you know, can you know, this is this is above the table and then this side um, would get the pressure and then you'd be able to measure the weight because um, the amount of strain is related to the amount of um, weight that's pressing on it.
0: All right. Uh, got the Tasmoto IoT firmware working on the Feather ESP32V2 board just the other day and submitted a template page to their repo so people know how to get it working. Guess I'll need to set up another PR with info for the UART chip range. Glad you were able to keep it in stock.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, do you want to change from? The
0: yeah, IoT? I should probably change it so it's not just staring at hands.
1: Um, okay. Yeah, go for it. I think you know, you're gonna see a couple I, I've actually seen m5 stack change their boards over to the WCH chips as well, it's, well I'm not the only one who um, With ESP 32s had to had to go through this. Um, I okay. don't like it, but um, It's what it is chip shortage time.
0: Oh, see Hey, Seagrover. Grover. Uh, Grover is an excellent community member and uh, also has some uses for strain gauges Strain gauges work nicely for measuring rotational torque as well.
1: Check out Sea uh, Grover's uh, Featherwing using the NAU7802. I think they use the DIP version because they also noticed, like, you can't get the through-hole version, the surface mount version for, like, a year or two. Uh, we, we, weren't, we weren't willing to to make a through-hole version of the it SMQT. It looks like
0: 5.6.0 is really like in PIO because it's impossible to get deterministic results from higher-level code like Circuit, Python particularly, on INRF ESP without it. So. PIO
1: is, you know, really good for that. I'm not going to say you can't get deterministic results, but it depends on what you're trying to get, what, what you're measuring.
0: Okay. And going once, go twice. That's your questions. Okay. All right. Um, if you want to hang out, you can always hang out. And uh, the Discord is open, all 34,000 of us. Are Thanks, oh, everybody. One more. Any more on the CH552 Pi?
1: Um, I'm waiting for chips, which are unavailable right now. Um, but when I get chips, I can put together the yeah, prototype. Yeah, our there.
0: second album will be The Chip Shortage Continues.
1: Yeah, I mean, I designed things, but that doesn't mean I can necessarily then, get the
0: parts for And then it. I'm going to do Chip Shortage Unplugged. And then... Um,
1: Featuring the um, the wireless LED maracas. Yes.
0: We have a lot of musical instruments. Um, so that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much, everybody everybody uh ben thank you behind the scenes and adford slack thank you everyone in the chat um in the community all the folks that are picking up stuff thank you everyone who's patient with one another especially uh during these times of uh you know lots going on um be good to one another um and also be good to yourself if you're good to yourself you could be good to other people that's usually how it works put the oxygen oxygen mask on you make sure you're doing okay and then learn teach and share all that good stuff with other people We'll see everybody next week. We're back on Wednesday, 8 p.m. We're going to be doing some cool stuff during the week. We have a lot of stuff to publish and more. We'll see you next week. Here is, uh, oh, this is a Native Free production. Um, here's your moment of seeing
1: her. Thanks, everyone.